Takes the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Greg Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. All right, welcome into the Week 11 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Boise State leading the Mountain Division with a 5-0 conference record, one game up on Wyoming, while Fresno State sits atop the West Division with a 4-1 conference mark in the head-to-head tiebreak over San Jose State. We'll talk to former players turned radio analysts from both programs this week as Pete Cavender from Boise State and Cameron Worrell from Fresno State join the show. Recapping Week 10 around the Mountain West, Air Force trying to seal the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, leading Army 13-7 with 19 seconds to play. They're on 44. Jones gets the snap, looks near side. He'll throw it out deep. Intercepted by Air Force. Picked off by Camby Goff. And that is the football game. Jim Arthur on the Air Force Sports Network. Air Force reclaims the prize for the first time since 2016. Utah State jumps on New Mexico early and rolls to a 27-10 home win. Fake the handoff. Lagoff throwing to the far side. He's got a wide open man to the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Utah State. Working the seam and working for the score. And the Aggies on the board first. Scott Gerard from Learfield. Aggies now 4-5 and five on the year. Boise State and BYU locked in a seesaw battle in the fourth quarter up on the blue turf. Zone read, left side, Halani. Halani to the five, Halani dives in, touchdown Broncos, and Boise State surges into the lead. It's our seventh lead change of the game. Bob Beeler from Learfield, that Halani touchdown giving the Broncos a 28-24 lead. It would not hold up. BYU scores last to win 31-28. Much more on this one with Pete Cavender coming up later in the show. San Diego State wins a grinded-out affair with UNLV forcing four turnovers at Snapdragon Stadium. Blitz is on. He's got time to make a throw in the end zone, and that ball is intercepted. Go down, go down, and Dallas Branch will go down and take the touchback. The legend Ted Leitner with the call on San Diego Sports 760. Aztecs now 5-4 overall with that 14-10 win. San Jose State upends Colorado State 28-16 at SefQ Stadium as Chevin Cordero throws a pair of touchdown passes. And finally from Week 10, Jake Hayner puts up another monster performance in Fresno State beats Hawaii. Paul Leffler with the call from Learfield. Hayner down the middle of the field. Jalen Moreno-Cropper catches it at the 10, shakes loose from two defenders and goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Fresno State. 59 yards. From a four-game losing skid to a four-game win streak, Fresno State now 5-4 and four on the year, leading the West Division with a 4-1 and one conference record. After Saturday's dominant 55-13 win over Hawaii, the Bulldogs now control their own destiny for winning the West Division and getting back to the Mountain West title game with three games left, starting this Friday night at Allegiant Stadium against UNLV. Joining us right now to discuss Fresno State legend, former Chicago Bear and Miami Dolphin, now the sideline reporter on the Bulldog Sports Network, working with Paul Leffler and Pat Hill. It's Cameron Worrell. Cam, welcome to the show. How are you? Nate, man, I'm great. It's uh, it's fun to talk about Fresno State after a four-game winning streak as opposed to the four-game losing streak they suffered early in the season, but uh, great to be on with you. 
Yeah, Cam, take us through the roller coaster that has been this season from the Bulldogs from one and four to where they stand now. And obviously, the biggest factor in all of that, the health of the best quarterback in the Mountain West in Jake Hayner. Yeah, you know, there were so many expectations around this football team this year. I mean, talking about a 12-0 and season, going down and beating USC in the Coliseum. I mean, that was a lot of the conversation. And then, you know, they lose to Oregon State at the you know very last play of the game, go down, lose a, uh, you know, kind of a runaway win for USC. They lose Jay Kaner, they lose Evan Williams, and, you know, this magical season, all of a sudden you're – you know, you're looking up at a, a one and two record and you, your two best players on your roster are not going to be around for a while. So, I mean, they went through a lot early in the season, a couple of big losses. The UConn loss was just kind of unexplainable. And then Boise just dominated them in the second half of that game on the blue turf. And, you know, they're sitting at one and four. You don't really know this season could fall off a cliff very quickly. And luckily, you know, they had San Jose State at home coming off a big win against UNLV, feeling really good. And the dogs just played their best game of the season. Logan Fife was efficient. The defense played by far their best game of the year. And they kind of salvaged their season. And then, you know, a miracle win against San Diego State, kind of sandwiched by two blowout victories. And now they're sitting at five and four, as you said, in control of their destiny in the West Division, which is all you could really ask for you know, at this point in the season. But, you know, I think you saw a lot of young, inexperienced players step up and make big plays in big game situations. And now with, you know, Jake and Evan Williams and Josh Kelly all back, you have, you know, more experience behind them, around them, and, you know, kind of the leadership and the productivity of those guys being back. I think right now you're looking at the best, 2022 version of this Fresno State football team. Cam, when Fresno State fans talk about memorable wins, what will they say about that Week 9 win over San Diego State? You called it a miracle finish. What will they remember about that game's insane ending? <laughs> I mean, 28-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, Fresno State gets a turnover. They get stuffed. They have to kick a field goal, and the field goal gets blocked, and the stadium empties. So I think most Bulldog fans will remember that field goal getting blocked, being down 28 to 10, and just not being able to take any more of that game. They had opportunity after opportunity, didn't take advantage, two interceptions in the end zone to, to keep points off the board, and then they get a field goal blocked. It looked bleak. It looked like it was completely over. But three and out, an 80-yard drive, and then a miracle onside kick. I think that's what, when you think back, not just that 28-10 to 10 field goal getting blocked, but Zane Pope and Dylan Litch, the walk-on freshman kicker, filling in for Abe Montano, kicking a fantastic onside kick. Zane Pope running down the sideline in a career game for him, receptions and yardage-wise. Uh, and snagging that onside kick on the sideline. And then the very next play, Nico Remigio catching a little uh, option route, breaking the tackle and taking it to the end zone. It was, I mean, such a range of emotions from like this game's over to, oh my gosh, Fresno State has the lead. And then the very next play after that, an interception to ice it. It was as crazy as the end of a football game as I've ever been a part of. And I know Bulldog fans will remember that one for as long as Fresno State plays football. 
and they had Jake Hayner back on the field cam. He's an NFL prospect, the big-time arm, the throws on the move, the accuracy, the leadership. You know, he battled back from a nasty ankle injury to get back out there this senior season. How has Jake looked to you since his return, and what is the biggest difference in this offense when Hayner is on the field? Oh, man, he, he – I mean, one, I was shocked that he came back, period. You know, he as you said, he's a – NFL quarterback he's going to get an NFL opportunity and it was a very nasty ankle injury so just for him to put the work in to come back I mean so much credit goes to him and then to come back against San Diego State which you know it's not going to be easy against that defense period they're going to send a lot at you but Jake really looks completely healthy I mean he has some padding on that ankle just to protect it but uh, he's been the same guy, getting out of trouble, moving outside the pocket, you know, getting away from guys, extending plays, all of the kind of off-platform things that Jay Kaner does, he's able to do right now. And, you know, Logan Fife first start against UConn, you know, was tough, and he got better and better each week uh, and really played well against New Mexico. But when Jay Kaner's operating that offense, it's just different. You know, he can make every single throw in the book from every angle on the football field, moving left, moving right, on the run, in the pocket. Like, everything is at your disposal as a play caller. And, you know, he's just so calm. He's a leader. Guys look to him in big situations. And it just makes everybody a little bit more comfortable, even defensively. I mean, you know that you have a little bit of a margin for error. The pressure is not so much on you that you have to play mistake-free, assignment sound, you know, really, really good defense because Jake Hayner can bring you back if he needs to. So there's just a totally different energy when Jake Hayner is under center or behind center most of the time out of the shotgun because of, you know, the skills he possesses, the leadership qualities that he has, and really just he is unfazed by any moment in a football game. Nothing really affects him. He always operates with the same kind of energy level, and this team just feeds off of that. And now the dogs at UNLV Friday night at Allegiant Stadium. I'm assuming Derek Carr and Devontae Adams will be in the house. Of course, Devontae had his number retired earlier this season at Fresno State. And the Bulldogs will most likely have to win out to win the West Division. Cam, what's the anticipation like for this matchup and the last three this year as this season has quickly become very fun at Fresno State? Yeah, I mean... Everybody knows at Fresno State that UNLV is always going to give you their absolute best shot. I mean, you can watch them on tape and, you know, they look mediocre or, oh, they don't look great this year. And that's not the case this season. But even in seasons when that is the case, you know, 2017, Jeff Tetford came back and they went down and beat a ranked San Diego State team the very next week. UNLV comes to Bulldog Stadium and dominates that, you know, team ended up playing in the Mountain West Championship game, losing to Boise State. So regardless of the season UNLV is having, everybody around this program knows you're going to get their absolute best shot. So that's what, you know, the anticipation is for this game. It's on the road. Doug Brumfeld is back when he was healthy at the beginning of the season, when all of those offensive pieces were healthy. They were explosive, extremely explosive. So, if defense understands this is a huge test for them with Brumfield back, and they know that 
in Allegiant Stadium. You know, hopefully they get a, a, a raucous crowd on Friday night. Derek and Devontae will probably be there, so I'm sure more people will, will show up. I mean, they're expecting a, a four-quarter fist fight, and it's going to be, you know, when Fresno State has struggled running the football, they've really struggled in games. UConn, San Diego State, I mean, they, they really had to work so hard offensively to move the football. So, you know, if UNLV can, can limit the run game, it, it puts it all on the shoulders of Jake Kaner and that offensive line to protect Jake Kaner. Those are two of the biggest keys, you know, for success for this team. They handled it against Hawaii, New Mexico, uh, and San Jose State, they struggled mightily against San Diego State. That's why they were in the situation that they were in. So they know it's going to be a fist fight. They get an extra day to prepare uh, for the next road game at Nevada. Nevada's having a down season, but, you know, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. The elements are going to play a part. So, you know, Nevada will play really tough at home. They always do. And then you expect everything to be on the line if you're able to take care of business with, you know, I, who knows where Wyoming's sitting uh, in that last game of the season on the Friday right after Thanksgiving. They have Boise State the week before. If they win that matchup, they control their own destiny. That's a huge game. If they beat Fresno State, they win the Mountain Division. So, I mean, that could be one of the bigger games on both sides, in the West and in the Mountain Division. If Wyoming's able to beat Boise, I mean, that game really lines up as a de facto you know, Mountain West championship number one before you get to Mountain West championship number two. So, so much at stake for this Fresno State football team the last three weeks of the season, and they know every single week, man, they're going to get every team's best shot. So, Cameron Worrell, last thing I want to ask you about here. You played for the legendary Pat Hill at Fresno State. And now he's your coworker and your partner yep. on the Bulldog Sports Network, along with the great Paul Leffler. What is that dynamic like? Does Pat still coach you all these years later? What's it like on the crew? Man, it's honestly the relationship that Pat Hill and I have now is it's one of the uh, relationships that I most cherish in my adult life because. When I played for Pat, he and I did not get along at all. We, we did not get along at all. We were very similar. You know, we're both born in December. We both have a little edge to us, and we just didn't see eye to eye. And it took years, really, for that relationship to kind of mend itself. And, you know, he embraced me when I came back and gave me so much credit for really being undrafted and, and kind of doing it on my own. <clears throat> but when he became part of the radio team, and this is our 10th season together, you know, I think we both realized, like, okay, we really are pretty similar. We do kind of have a weird sense, sarcastic sense of humor. We like kind of messing with people. And we really just, I mean, established this great relationship. And Paul Leffler is the absolute best. I mean, we're, I'm so blessed to be a part of this radio team. It's so much fun every single week, even if it's a poor performance for the Bulldogs. You know, we're, we're still having a good time, and we just enjoy each other so much. It really is a a fantastic relationship. It's funny now because, you know, Pat was about 220 back in the day. He was kind of bigger. He was rough. You know, he was, you know, any, anybody, anytime, anywhere. Uh, he didn't back down from anything. Now he's like a grandpa. He's 70. He has grandkids. So now I call him grandpa all the time. He's not as much of a imposing phys physical uh, figure anymore. Uh, so he's more like the grandpa of the bunch. It's, 
I'm telling you, it's been such a blast to, to work with those guys for 10 years, and, and I'm so lucky to be able to do it. Uh, Pat Hill won't tell you, but he still likes that anybody, anytime, anywhere persona, but he's so much softer now than he was. <laughs> and uh, I make sure I remind him of that just about every single game that we do together. Oh, it's great stuff. Paul Leffler, <laughs> Pat Hill, Cameron Worrell on the call Friday night, Fresno State at UNLV Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Cam, great time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Enjoy the game this weekend and the rest of the season. Yeah, appreciate you, Nate. Anytime, man. Love what you guys do, and go dogs. So Fresno State leading the West. We talk Mountain Division and Boise State up next. This is Jeff Tedford, head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Andy Avalos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. A tough Week 10 non-conference loss to BYU for Boise State, but the Broncos remain in control of their fate in the Mountain West. If the Broncos win their final three conference games starting this Saturday night on the road at Nevada, then they will host the Mountain West Championship game on December 3rd. Joining us right now to discuss this stretch for the Broncos, the longtime radio color analyst and former Boise State offensive lineman, it's Pete Cavender. Pete, welcome back to the show. How are you? Doing good, Nate. Could have been doing a little bit better maybe after a win last Saturday, but uh, you can't win them all. Yeah, that four-game win streak halted Saturday night against BYU. The Boise State defense went into that game number two nationally, but they gave up a whopping 532 total yards. A back-and-forth fourth quarter, but BYU puts up that nine-play drive to win it in the end. This has been such a down-and-up season for the Broncos, Pete. Did that loss let any air out of the balloon for what has been a pretty remarkable turnaround this season for Boise State? I mean, I think it had to have let a little bit of air out of the balloon, but really with kind of all the ups and downs of the seasons, I think the fans here in Boise, I know, kind of tamped down their expectations to some degree and just hoping that this team could get in a conference championship game. And, of course, with the proximity of Provo, Utah, and Boise, Idaho, uh, all Broncos would have loved to get that game, especially with uh, BYU going off to the Big 12 and might not play them for a while. So that's kind of last bragging rights to some degree. Uh, you know, some fans were kind of hopeful still with maybe a New Year's Six bowl spot, uh, kind of looking at the American and those teams kind of beating up on each other to some degree. Uh, Boise State still had a little bit of a shot on that one, and maybe they still do. There's still a lot of football still left to be played, but uh, at least Boise State is kind of shaping up, at least in their conference, uh, to look like they can maybe get themselves back in that conference championship game. Pete, for those of us watching from afar, what did the quarterback change with Taylor Green taking over and the return of Dirk Cutter do for this offense and this team? Well, I think it changed a lot. You look at the former offensive coordinator for Boise State, Tim Plow. Uh, he came over from UC Davis, and he was the type of guy that really wanted to spread it out and throw the football you know, 50 times a game and, and try to get a high prolific scoring offense. Uh, but when you look at the personnel that this Boise State roster currently has and Andy Avalos, uh, looking at it as well, is it's a defensive uh, strength team. Uh, the defense is going to lead the way to some degree, and when you don't have an offense that complements your defense, sometimes it puts you in a tough spot. Uh, and so ever since that change, going from Hank Bachmeyer to Taylor Green, going from Tim Plow to Dirk Cutter as offensive coordinator, uh, Boise State's kind of slowing it down a little bit to some degree, simplified things on offense, but playing a little bit more ball control, try to emphasize the run a little bit more. So Boise State still has typically that shutdown defense with exception of uh, giving up all those yards against BYU last week. 
and then kind of more of a ball control offense uh, on the other side. So a little bit more complimentary on both sides of the football now. You mentioned that defense. Last year, Spencer Danielson's defense allowed a mere 19 points a game. This year, that number, just 18.9 points allowed per contest by the Bronco defense. We know Andy Avalos' expertise is on that side of the ball. What is the identity of this Boise State defense that has been one of the best in the country for years now? Well, really, uh, you hear a lot of teams kind of, and it's funny you hear about our kind of guys, or you're 111, but that's really kind of what Boise State preaches on the defensive side of the ball is do your 111, do your job, and have faith and conviction that your brother just down the line is going to do his job as well, and the whole team uh, as a unit will be successful. You know, you look at this Boise State defensive uh, you know, roster, you got guys like J.L. Skinner, guys like Scott Matlock, guys that are maybe uh, NFL caliber type of football players, but they really don't just pop out on you uh, when you watch film just because all 11 guys defensively is doing their job. Uh, they do a pretty nice job getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they do a nice job filling the gaps. Boise State, when you look at their two linebackers, DJ Schramm and Ezekiel Noah, that's probably the best tandem Boise State has had since all the way back in 2004 when Andy Avalos was playing alongside Corey Hall. Uh, and then the secondary has done a pretty nice job as well. Uh, one thing that's helped Boise State's numbers out a little bit, I, I think a lot of uh, fans and, and even the coaches can kind of own up to this to some degree, is Boise State's defense hasn't really faced a whole lot of really difficult quarterbacks. Uh, we saw Jaron Hall last week for the Cougars have a big game, as you said, over 500 yards of total offense. And if the way the conference is kind of shaping up, if Boise State has to play Fresno State in the conference championship game with a healthy Jay Kaner, uh, maybe that could be an issue with that Boise State defense that gave up so many passing yards last week. All right, Pete, you look ahead at these final three games at Nevada this week, at Wyoming November 19th, and home against Utah State on the Friday after Thanksgiving. What game or games concern you most as potential pitfalls for the Broncos to win the Mountain Division? Well, each and every week, obviously, Boise State has to take care of business because anyone can beat anyone on any given Saturday. Uh, you know, we've seen it. Boise State's lost to Reno before. Boise State's lost to Utah State before. Uh, but I don't necessarily see that happening this year. You know, you look at that Wolfpack team. Uh, they're rebuilding. They're kind of reeling a little bit, trying to regroup uh, after Jay Novell left for Colorado State and took half the team with them. And then Utah State's just had some ups and downs, too. Yes, they're the defending conference champions, uh, but they don't look like the team that they were last year, sitting just at 4-5 and five on the season. So if there's one game left on the schedule that, that kind of scares everyone and uh, a lot of people have had this game circled kind of all season long as a game at Wyoming. Uh, as you know, Nate, anytime you travel up to Laramie late in November uh, with a late type of kickoff game, weather could be an issue. Uh, and so if that's the case and Wyoming plays kind of their typical slow slow down the, the game, eat up the clock, kind of play ugly, win ugly towards the end, uh, that can maybe be a disaster for Boise State. Give me one player on each side of the ball, offense and defense, that you think has to be special for Boise State to get the job done and get back to the Mountain West title game? Well, well, really, for Boise State's offense, so much of the attention has been on Taylor Green. And you look what he's been able to do. He's just blossomed and really skyrocketed in terms of disability of him throwing the football. But I think George Chalani is really the guy that makes Boise State's offense go. He's a solid running back. Uh, he's number two in the conference in all-purpose yards. He gets almost 125 all-purpose yards per game. Uh, he's gone over... Uh, 100 yards, 11 times in his career, and Boise State does that. Uh, the Broncos have not lost a football game. So I think as long as Boise State offensively could run the ball uh, with a dynamic tailback like George Chalani, they'll be okay. And, of course, Taylor Green, Ashton Gentry, those are guys that can get going as well. But I just think the offense clicks just based off of George Chalani's playing. 
And then defensively, uh, just to give you two names, I, I think those two guys in the middle of the defense, Ezekiel Noah and DJ Schramm, those guys have been studs. You know, you look at both of their numbers, they've been kind of going back and forth, back and forth. I sure think that both of them have a shot of being first-team all-conference guys. Uh, they've just been solid there in the middle of that defense. So I would say for Boise State's defense, keep an eye on DJ Schramm and Ezekiel Noah. Those guys have been solid run stoppers and captains on the field. Boise State on the road at Nevada Saturday night. By the way, Pete, what is this game like for you to call? You're Boise State offensive lineman. You were there in the heydays in the mid-2000s, but you're an Elko, Nevada guy. You're from Wolfpack country. What is this visit That's like right. for you? It's, it's always fun. It's always fun to go kind of play the, the home state, hometown team to some degree. Uh, there's a lot of animosity to some degree between Boise State and Reno through the years. You just kind of take my personal feelings out of it to some degree. Uh, you know, you go back to that uh, 2010 game where Boise lost on that last, you know, those missed field goals by Kyle Brotsman. Uh, those still feelings kind of still linger there. Um, but it's a good game on the schedule. And that's one thing that I've really liked about uh, having, you know, Fresno State and, and Reno and San Diego back on the football schedule. Those are fun rivalry games. And anytime you can kind of get those uh, kind of talking points and water cooler conversations going, uh, I'm all for it. So it's going to be a fun trip, and hopefully Boise State can get the victory. Pete Cavender will be on the call along with Bob Beeler on the Boise State Radio Network from Learfield. Uh, Pete, excellent work as always. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game on Saturday night. Hey, thanks, Nate. You're the man. We'll preview the entire Week 11 schedule around the Mountain West, including that Boise State-Nevada matchup next here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Ken Wilson, head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Week 11 in the Mountain West gets rolling with a big-time West Division matchup Friday night. Fresno State visiting UNLV at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The Dogs have won four straight over the Rebels, averaging 45 points a game over that streak. UNLV needing this one to get back in the win column and back on track toward bowl eligibility. Kickoff 7.30 Pacific time on CBS Sports Network. Five games on Saturday, all in conference play. We kick it off 1.30 Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. New Mexico at Air Force in a Mountain Division clash. The Falcons roll in with the best rushing game in the country at 324 yards a game, led by senior fullback Brad Roberts, tied for fourth nationally with 13 rushing touchdowns here in 2022. As for New Mexico, the Lobos mired in a six-game losing skid. Then at 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, it's the Border War, Wyoming at Colorado State with the bronze boot on the line. The boot was worn in the Vietnam War by Captain Dan J. Romero, an assistant professor of military science at CSU. On top of that great tradition, this game has major Mountain Division implications. Wyoming needing this road win to keep their hopes alive and stay on the heels of Boise State. The Broncos with a one-game lead in the division with three Three weeks left in the regular season. Speaking of Boise State, the Broncos looking to get back on track with a road trip to Nevada on Saturday night. Kickoff 7.30 Pacific, 8.30 Mountain on CBS Sports Network. Since 1999, Boise State 16-2 against the Wolfpack. 
One bright spot for Nevada has been the play of senior running back Toa Tawa, tied for second in the conference with 10 rushing touchdowns. Also kicking off at 7.30 Pacific, a battle of California rivals as San Jose State takes on San Diego State at Snapdragon Stadium. The Aztecs need a win to reach bowl eligibility and stay afloat in the West Division race. An obvious must win for the visiting Spartans to keep pace with Fresno State. This one should be a grind both teams top 30 nationally in scoring defense and we wrap it up late night in hawaii as we do so often here in the mountain west utah state taking on the rainbow warriors at the clarence tc ching athletics complex in honolulu an opportunity for hawaii they have never beaten utah state as mountain west opponents the aggies 5-0 all time in the series as mw foes and that will do it for the week 11 edition of this week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, scores, standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at the MW.com. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy week 11 of the college football season as the race to the Mountain West Championship game is on with three weeks to go. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.